Hey everyone, today on Grub Stakers we're covering Richard Branson, his life, his career, his tax avoidance, his Indian heritage, all of it, and more. I think we disproportionately stop whites too much. I taught those kids lessons on product development and marketing and they taught me what it was like growing up feeling targeted for your race. I am proud to be gay. I am proud to be a Republican. You know, I went to a tough school in Queens and they used to beat up the little Jewish boys. You know, I love having the support of real billionaires. Um... Hey, welcome to Grubstakers. This is uh, Yogi Paiwal, your co-host. I'm here joined by my esteemed colleagues. Steve Jeffries. Andy Palmer. Unfortunately, Sean McCarthy won't be joining us this weekend because he's in Brazil. Brazil, uh, great Brazil. And since Sean has arrived in Brazil, the National Museum has burned down mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm. right-wing politician has been stabbed and we're blaming Sean for both and I'm going to say they even out. Hey, causation doesn't equal correlation, but in this case, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, unfortunately, Sean McCarthy will not be joining us, so uh, we will uh, fortunately be able to have a nice conversation <laughs> uh, on this podcast. <laughs> he's, he's studying our future billionaire, Shusha, who is a beloved children's icon in Brazil and a billionaire. Oh, really? She's kind of like their Oprah, but sh- for kids. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, we'll learn. I just learned about her. We'll learn more about her on a future episode. Is he going to yeah. meet Glenn Greenwald? Well, he's there. Yeah, he'll he'll go to Glenn Greenwald and yell at him for uh, distorting the record Assad's record. And then when he talks to Glenn Greenwald, even though it's in person, there's still a delay because <laughs> <laughs> uh, every like every single Glenn Greenwald thing is like on Skype or something. Oh, really? For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, a, f- a friend of mine who is uh, of the native population posted an article about how these. Um, Amazon River spiritual leaders were getting murdered, and I reposted it because I had you know empathy that day. And uh, then, like literally a few hours later, my very well-off friend was like, "Yo, I'm like going to that village in a week or two on a fishing trip." And I was like, "Wow, I wonder what that right-wing fishing trip has anything to do with these murdered spiritual <laughs> leaders on this river." I wonder, I wonder, what, I wonder what that's all about, you know? So. Uh, like, well, it's not going to be that crowded for you. <laughs> I hope you enjoy that fishing trip. Um, but alas, today we are going to be covering the British billionaire extraordinaire, Richard Branson. He uh, is... Lion of the West Indies. Certainly, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, hair like a majestic goddess and god, and uh, goatee like uh, Kanye West and CK, but without the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> and the most disgusting mouth uh, anyone has ever seen. It's way too big. Oh yeah, its mm-hmm. teeth are straight but still unnerving. Yeah, it's got he's got a bizarre face, like a like a gorilla. His just his his face protrudes out too much. You know, it's just bothersome. <laughs> he looks like he got his teeth whitened and then decided he didn't have to brush anymore. <laughs> like that was that's uh, his teeth have a very unnerving color to them. Or that, like, he had regular teeth and went, I want ivory in this motherfucker. He betrayed, yeah. he betrayed his heritage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We will talk about uh, what percentage of him isn't British uh, in a moment. Uh, but before we get to all that, uh, let's talk about his early years. Mm-hmm. What, was a, what was a young Richard Branson up to? You know, he uh, had dyslexia, which uh, at the time was just called Born Dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, in this day and age, he, uh, he's 68 years old now. 
And so... Yeah, let's start this off right. He was born in 1950. Thanks, Stephen. He's 68 years old right now. Yeah. For some reason, he looks like he's... He was born in Blackheath, London. Uh, the eldest... I'm just reading off Wikipedia. The eldest <laughs> of three children of Evie Branson. Um, he, he is of Pokemon stock. Oh! And uh, who was a former ballet dancer and air hostess. And Edward James Branson, who was a barrister... Yeah, it's like a lawyer, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, his parents are, you know, they're fine. They're not uh, well off, but they're, you know, certainly middle income, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he's got dyslexia and he sucks at school. Uh, oftentimes yeah. in interviews when he's asked about like, hey, do you got to be good at school to be good at life? He's like, no. Uh, in fact, I suck at everything, especially school, because school sucks. He's also talked about having ADD, though. I don't know if... Uh if that's as uh, reported as his dyslexia. But yeah. I think that's just reported by every woman he's almost sexually assaulted. I think that's a lot of uh, them going, well, he assaulted me, but then quickly moved on to whatever else he was doing afterwards. Um, <laughs> more on that later as well. So he's uh, around 15 years old, and this is when the Virgin Empire begins. He starts the Virgin record label. <laughs> well, um, well, he, he starts with like a uh, magazine where he, uh, a little magazine where he interviews people. Even before that, though, his, uh, he said his very first business venture was attempting to grow and sell Christmas trees during, during winter. Oh, yeah, that's right. right and right. then trying to breed like a, a type of tropical bird and selling it to <laughs> pet stores. And... Uh, like, alas, that, that failed. Both of those failed, so he decided to eschew anything related to reproduction <laughs> and all his future business ventures. I just love the gall of, like, I'm going to make a tropical bird. Like, that's <laughs> the business I'm going to go into right now. Like, Christmas trees seems like a childish dream. Like, you know. We know it's seasonal, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. You know, selling lemonade, paper boy, making Christmas trees. You know, whatever you got to do to pay the, pay the bills of a child in England. Jolly old England. Also, how did he fuck up bird breeding? I don't know. Like, did he just get a male and a female tropical bird and they were just not into each other? <laughs> or did they, like, start giving birth to real fucked up monstrosity birds? <laughs> I mean... Maybe he felt it was unethical. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so he starts this regular label after a couple of failed attempts well, of... First, it's like a um, record... He starts selling records, and then um, I think it's mail order at first. Right. So it's through the magazine. He puts an advert in the back for records that are top 40, I believe. And so you can get it mail ordered from the magazine. Yeah. And he basically what he does is he is able to get an edge over other record stores um, with a, an innovative technique known as tax fraud where he would buy records that were essentially slated uh under the pretext that they were um going to be shipped to other countries basically Mm -hmm. under the pretext that they were going to be exported and so they would have a lower tax uh cost and then he would resell them domestically uh basically skimming off the the taxes that were offered for him and he was eventually caught for it and fined uh 70,000 pounds um but in the meantime he made a nice little nice little uh bit of cash from it yeah from the video i saw about this it said that they were fined three times the amount you were supposed to be fined for this crime 
And what it led them to do were open more physical locations because what it one thing that occurred was that all of their business was being done through the post office. But then there was, I believe, a post office strike or something, so they shut down. So all they, they just had records stacking up, and they're like, what are we going to do with this? So they had to open a physical location, and that's how they started out uh, having the Virgin Records location exist. And then from then, the tax-exempt issue happened, and then so they have opened more locations to pay off the tax fraud, which does begin a lineage of Richard Branson fucking up, and instead of going to jail or paying for his crimes, just doubling down on the thing he's doing and then making a profit from it. Yeah. And after, uh, so he basically extended um, this this business into, uh, yeah, basically running a record company where he started recording uh, for people, eventually pulling people like... Uh, who was he getting? He was getting... He got the Stones, Peter Gabriel, XTC, uh, Paula Abdul. He's getting the hits. Yeah. Um, oh, and the Sex Pistols. So basically they got... Uh, they got controversial bands, and he was able to uh, beef up his um, his pocketbook from that. His, his entire thing is branding. He knows how to market himself to look like the coolest person in the room at all times. One of the things he does while he owns this record label is uh, run these parties out of this mansion called The Manor. And he would just do like, these lawn parties and people would be like, this place is great. And then like later on they found out, like, oh, you don't even, you don't even own this place. You're, you're like, not even renting it from the owner, I guess, or something like that. Uh, there was a controversy in how he procured the lawns of this mansion for his parties, basically. So, with the records uh, doing pretty well, he goes into airlines which was it was a weird like direction to turn again this was like one of those things that he credits to his um his kind of adhd approach to business ventures and this Mm -hmm. isn't to Mm -hmm. like shit on people with adhd it's just it's it's sort of a i mean i had that it's just a way that he (laughs) self-describes his own like business approach and it started out the story he likes to tell is that he was on a plane to puerto rico and uh, it got canceled, so he just rented a plane and charged other people to fly on his plane. And eventually, he just bought a single 747, um, and that was the start of his uh, airline. Yeah, he literally like wrote on a blackboard flights to Puerto Rico. If you've been bumped, like let's just let's you can you can pay me basically. I mean, he's you know he's essentially doing like the Lyft and Uber. <laughs> But on an airplane level in an airport at that time, like, hey, I'm in this airport. These people need to be flown to this place. I can buy a plane. We can make this happen. Uh, afterwards, he, he phones up Boeing and says, hey, do you guys have any older 747s we can uh, buy buy for my potential new airline? One thing that he had to battle was uh, British Airways because they were the Airwaves? Airwaves. Airwaves. Airways. I always forget which one it is. Um, anyway, m- m- more importantly, though, um, they would—they uh, are the biggest competitor, and they put out another airline out of business. And Richard Branson phoned that company CEO and was like, "Hey, how do I do this?" And that guy was like, "Oh, you just gotta outbrand them, basically, with your airline." The one thing that British Airways doesn't have is a face to them. And 
later on he would say British Airways would do these dirty tricks where they would say that the Virgin Airline flight is like not going to take off, so you got to be rebooked on like one of our airlines instead. How would they get away with that? Would they just say it at the airport like this flight's not taking off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, then, you and me both know this thing isn't going. <laughs> listen, this, this Virgin flight ain't doing nothing. Come on now, get on these British Airways. <laughs> They have an American accent for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he also started uh, Virgin Mobile and then Virgin Blue, which was uh, Virgin Blue was basically another airline in Australia. And he started a number of um, a number of different like business ventures, and most of them, which uh, aren't written about nearly as much as his successful ventures. But a lot of them, he would like, you know, use his kind of brand and, and yep. images like, you know, the cool guy, the cool millionaire, uh, such as one of them was Virgin Coke, which he said was going to be the natural succession to Coca-Cola. Wow. That went under. <laughs> uh, he like describes. The brain genius. Yeah. He describes that he wanted the bottles to be shaped like Pamela Anderson's body in that Conan interview. Like. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, was that for Virgin Coke? That's for Virgin Cola. Yeah, they were gonna. Oh, yeah, they're just gonna serve it on his plane, <laughs> which is like the m- most sexist yeah. thing. Where yeah. it's just like it's Coca Cola, but it's got boobs on the bottle. <laughs> you can grab like it just. And if you if you look at any video of Richard Branson interacting with a woman, he is just grabby as shit. Like on on this Conan video, he walks on and just sits on Selma Hayek then grabs her mm-hmm. and holds her mm-hmm. while she's saying like I have a husband uh, but she's laughing because you know if you're on TV and you're a woman and you're like hey fuck you people are going to be like look at this bitch yeah yeah and, seriously and so like you know there's wow Andy I can't believe you said that out of context on this podcast right now <laughs> <laughs> especially in like the year, the year 2000 I think yeah when yeah that, when that was aired. yeah that happened in the year <laughs> but uh, I mean, like Branson is a Conan. fucking creep. He like yeah. whether or not uh, he's been a, uh, convicted of his creepery. Like he literally sits on Salma Hayek, grabs her, and forces her to sit on his lap multiple times. He's been uh, ac- accused of a handful of weird stuff that involve uh, women and him. But I mean, yeah, he was a- accused of sexually assaulting a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like for one of his promotional things, he takes. Pamela Anderson out on the wing of one of his planes and like holds her up and kind of swings her around and stuff while the engine of the plane's running. He's standing on the wing yeah, uh, during sense. this promotional thing. Uh, yeah, he's just like a grabby guy. And the whole like Conan interview, Conan's like, you can only do that because you're a billionaire, yeah. which is true. And also uh, the thing that he can only do is, yeah, sex, like borderlines to explicit sexual assault. Also, he is married and has two kids. So yeah. it's not like a single billionaire extraordinaire. It's like, no, this guy's a dad. Yeah. This guy goes go up to the kids and goes, hey, hey, how was school, honey? Like, that's that's the same dude that's uh, perving out on these chicks. Yeah. <laughs> With his weird giant mouth. I can't get over his mouth. It's just, uh, it's so large. It's like an Easter Island head. Yeah. With hair. But like <laughs> an Easter Island head with a bigger mouth. Yeah, it's it's just gargantuan how big his mouth is. And it's like, what are you putting in there? Like, it's like a horse's mouth. Like, he could, exactly. eat, he could eat a few carrots at a time. He's got like these teeth that are just annoyingly big. And 
his voice is like British, but it's not. It's like that like third otherworldly British type of sound, you know? Is a transatlantic accent? Yeah, 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 yeah. That like like I'm I was born in England, but my voice has been been rugged and ragged by a life of adventure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like it doesn't make any sense. We could talk about his ballooning. Yeah. He's claimed he's had like like ninety six near death experiences. Yeah, I mean, one of Branson's main things for his pr- self promotion is doing outlandish stunts, right? Yeah, yeah. he's like he's done multiple ballooning trips across uh, the Atlantic. Um, what a chode! <laughs> classic rich person pursuit. Yeah, he like escaped from a cell in the UK to escape your cell, which I mean, honestly, bad job on the writing and the execution. <laughs> I uh, I have to say. I'm not impressed. Um, like kind of like a, there's a general progression away from the like the brick and mortar um, sell it, record selling record selling business right. towards brand management as, yeah. as your business. Right, right, right. So he's licensing his brand to other companies. Yeah, and I mean that like you know this begins the the uh, human centipede that is the Virgin uh, Empire. Yeah, so it eventually establishes Virgin Group, mm-hmm. which is the holding company for all of the Virgin subsidiaries, including his airline business, right, um, right. the spacecraft business, which we'll get into. Yeah, some of his other uh, endeavors include Virgin Clothes, which <laughs> launched on the stock exchange in 96 and folded with losses to shareholders. Uh, this is from a Guardian article. There was Virgin Money, uh, which... It had a glitzy advertisement of Branson emerging naked from the sea. Oh, of course, of course. And that also folded Virgin Vi. No idea what that is. Virgin Vision, Vision, Virgin Vodka, Virgin Wine, Virgin Jeans, Virgin Brides. It's That's, actually it, it's uh, unnerving. Virgin Cosmetics and Virgin Cars. He tried to pull a Tesla, I guess. It's or, interesting the similarities between him and Trump. Actually, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's yeah. so, like Trump has a lot of different failed attempted business ventures. But like one of the enduring things is just selling his brand. But it's also idiotic. Like it's like that. Like that list of shit is literally someone going. I mean, I guess we can make some money on clothes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that. Like or, yeah, there's vodka. Yeah, v- wine. It's like I can put my new spin on this, but like <laughs> ultimately the like Virgin brand is kind of vacuous. Like the only stuff that really succeeds is the stuff with heavy taxpayer subsidies. Right, right, and it's not even necessarily succeeding. It's just. Can we make enough money to where if a controversy or if something terrible did happen, the entirety of the Virgin Empire could eat up that uh, loss and then continue through? Like if Virgin Clothes was breaking even, we might still have it around. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of his ventures have – it's not necessarily his money on the line. He he wrangles in investors and then uh, if it tanks, you know, he loses a little bit and right. most people uh, lose their money. He also um, tried to start uh, V2, which was a second version of his record company. Uh, wait, wait, wait. The record company folds and then he starts it again and just calls it V2? Yeah. Well, he sold it. He sold Virgin Records. And so then he uh, he started V2. And apparently there were a couple of brothers who invested $30 million into it and lost all of their oh money. Oh, my God. $30 wow. million. Pounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What a bunch of rubes. They had to f- file for personal, or they faced personal bankruptcy. <laughs> Neat. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so backtracking slightly, but then coming right back. So Virgin Group uh, was started in 1970, and we've been through a number of his failed business ventures. So like currently, there are 29 active subsidiaries under uh, Virgin Group. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been through a few of them already, like Virgin Atlantic, the, the overall airline branch. Right. Um, Virgin Active, which is a gym chain. Yep. Yeah, and I think you talked, you yeah, did so some research there. Virgin Yogi. Active uh, is a company that is essentially just gyms, and um, one of the there is about two hundred and seventy locations uh, worldwide, but one hundred and thirty of them are in South Africa. And the reason he opened so many branches there is because Nelson Mandela called him and said, "Hey, this uh, gym is going under. Five thousand people are going to lose their jobs. Can you help out?" Basically, so he flew back. And built these gyms. Now that's a relatively good thing. Nelson Mandela uh, needs needs more gyms to employ these people who are about to lose their jobs. However, 130 gyms in South Africa is way too many gyms. And there's something that uh, they broke the like competition uh, tribunal or something like that. And basically, what I gleaned from the uh, articles I read was that uh, their gym was running a monopoly in South Africa, and. Oh, so they basically forced a monopoly on South Africa in order to stay afloat? Yeah, essentially. And, I mean, Richard Branson is only the 20% owner. The 80% is uh, this other... That seems to be his his general trend. Is yes. He's only like a uh, minority, like a sizable minority owner. Why has he got to be a minority, Andy? <laughs> well, actually, like, if you look, um, he's the 100% owner in almost half of the current, uh, like, first level of business ventures. Uh-huh. And then, but the other ones, you know, it's like 8%, 20%, like with Virgin Active. I mean, like, that's the thing. Virgin Active has, cl- uh, they call them health clubs, not gyms. <laughs> but they have it in South Africa, Namibia, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Australia, Singapore, Thailand, and the UK. And I mean, you know, the 257 of them total, 133 in South Africa, one in Botswana, two in Namibia. Like, this is not an African health club this is a purely south african health club that has one or two locations in a few other countries in africa um well it's a big country it is a big country that is true not enough gyms in sierra leone's not enough not enough one limb gym equipment that uh, would be necessary <laughs> diamonds are killing people's limbs ladies and gentlemen get used to it oh for all of you corporate governance heads out there <laughs> um Virgin Group has kind of an unusual setup in that they're, they have like a traditional conglomerate structure, you know, where you have um, a pyramidal structure with Richard Branson, of course, towards the top. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they also, sub- uh, Richard Branson himself subscribes to this Japanese principle called Keiretsu, which what, is like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, a corporate governance technique. So it's sort of, it literally means, I think, um, it's like, a business with no head, basically. Hmm. Like, there's a web of companies that each have stakes within each other. Oh, interesting. So it's yeah. like, um, what's that one uh, theory that that talks about that? Spider theory? WebSense? What the fuck am I talking about? I don't know. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Andy? Nope. <sighs> spider sense? <laughs> spider theory? Spidey, spidey sense? No, I'm not. I'm talking about Peter Parker. It's a spider <laughs> web theory. Um... This theory states that anything a person does affects those around them. No, this is the opposite. This is literally the opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> the butterfly yeah. theory? No, yeah, the I, butterfly I, effect. I, we'll talk more about it off podcast. <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's like um, so the, you have twenty nine subsidiaries, and Branson has a large stake in many of them, but mm-hmm. not all of them. And they, it's K Ritz is sort of a way of combining management and ownership in a way that makes it so that you don't face that much competition within your your sphere of um, operation. So, so like so you have suppliers who are also it's an integration technique. Oh, yeah. So the subsidiaries uh, all under the Virgin Group. Yes. So it's a conglomerate basically where there's the ownership by the Virgin Group mm-hmm. over a uh, number of subsidiaries. Off, many of them have like Virgin in the name. Yeah. Um, and and like some companies that aren't aren't direct subsidiaries are are utilizing the brand name. Okay, so they're they have the Virgin name, but they're like not with parts of the airline group. Um, they're majority owned by non-Virgin groups, and okay. they just utilize the brand. They're owned by groups that fuck. Yeah. Wait. So is it like they're they're franchised? Like they 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 whore out the name essentially, but they just licenses the name off. Yeah. The names. Huh, yeah. Interesting. So if tomorrow, kind of like Trump. Yeah. Certainly, definitely like Trump. Yeah. The parallels between Branson and Trump are uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, parallel. I mean, it's the same. I'm going to put my branding on this thing. I mean, with Trump, it's his last name. With Branson, he realized that they're both kind of weird personally. I mean, you know what's crazy? Like Branson Airlines does not ring nearly as well as Virgin. The only the only misstep Trump is making is not having a better brand name to brand things with. You know what I mean? Like Virgin Atlantic, Virgin Records is a lot better than Branson Records. Virgin is kind of weird too, but yeah, but his whole thing is he's selling sex. Like this is literally a guy in the UK who knows how to do one thing, and that one thing is. We can sell sex. I've heard sex sells. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Either we're going to fuck or we're going to get fucked. <laughs> Apparently, well, I mean, I think he, he said the name was because they're virgins when it comes to business when they started. It. Right, 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 right. So they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I mean, I don't they think... didn't literally fuck either. Well, we, we don't know that. All I know but is... But they did do tax fraud. They did. It was yeah. their first time, though. So, yes. you know. Well, the first time wasn't good, like many first times. My first time, not that great. Their first time at tax evasion didn't work out so well, but they eventually got to where they were pretty competent at and also hired an army of accountants to set these things up. Not including in 1978, a little bit before in our story, he he figures out how to purchase Necker Island, any C-K-A-R for you racists online. <laughs> um but uh, the way he does this is that uh, the island is listed for $6 million, and he finds out that you can buy one of these islands. So he calls up the real estate person and says, like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about buying this island. They go, oh, yeah, come out. And he's like, all right, I'll come out, but only if you let me bring uh, someone else. And he brings his girlfriend at the time, who he's trying to fuck, who later becomes his wife. But by the way, hey, I'm going to go check out this island I might buy. That is a pretty baller move. <laughs> That's a move that says we're gonna fuck Can later. Can you help me check out an apartment <laughs> that so, is an island? So he gets to the island. He doesn't have enough money, and they go, "All right, how much can you offer us?" And he goes, "I can give you all a hundred grand." And they're like, "Get out of here!" And so then, about a year or two later, the island owner is desperate to sell the island, and he's like, "I can offer you." And I've, I found some conflicting reports. I found between one hundred twenty thousand dollars or one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Either way, not six million. And the island owner sells on the one condition that 
you have to put a luxury resort on this island eventually. And Branson goes, yeah, sure. So he gets this island on pennies by being assertive, asking for what he wants, and, uh, you know, kind of falling backwards into it. Is the seller... Who is the seller, anyway? I have no idea, but... Does he have a stake in... That was part of the deal is they have a stake in building the, the resort? I don't think so, but I bet the person that owned that island owned multiple islands. And so if, Bran- if he thought that if this kid builds a resort on this island, we'd be able to sell this area as... I mean, it's kind of mm. like... Uh, and this is in the British Virgin Island group. Yes, for- the, the Caribbean, as it uh, is also known as now, or near the Caribbean. It also has the advantage that um, the British Virgin Islands uh, have much lower tax rates. Yes, yes. So definitely. he has basically made himself. Uh, um, he he lives there largely to <laughs> dodge taxes. Yeah, he denied it on the Con- the Conan interviews for people who want to look it up. <laughs> we'll link the Conan interview on our Tumblr. But not he didn't. <laughs> he probably didn't deny it to his accountant. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's just self evident, really. I mean, like, so he's got his own island, and he bought it out of steel, and he's, like, 28 when he's doing all this shit at that time. So, you know, he's falling ass backwards into success in a way that um, is unprecedented, but really, he, you know, he should be celebrated for being a master criminal with all the tax fraud he has done. Yeah. Yeah. So Necker Island is also where one of the most recent sexual assaults happen uh, against Richard Branson. Uh, by Richard Branson. Oh, yes, by Richard Branson as well. I don't think anyone's sexually assaulting Richard Branson. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, that's actually fair. So uh, the singer Joss Stone was performing on a different island, and she was invited to come to Richard Branson's Necker Island. And um, the eyewitness account by Joss and people around her is that uh, while Richard Branson was leaving... He was saying bye to people and then put his face in Josh Stone's boobs and motorboated her and then walked off. And everyone's in shock, including uh, Josh Stone, because she's like, did that motherfucker just motorboat my tits just now? And um, uh, Richard Branson uh, supposedly doesn't recall <laughs> this incident at all. Oh, wow. This, this, this incident that happened on his island where only he <laughs> resides for most of the time could have never happened by him. Well, it's so out of character for a guy who, uh, in every public appearance where he's near a woman, uh, grabs her. Yes, precisely. I also love that this guy has an island, so it's like, well, what about security footage? It's like, well, we didn't put any cameras up. Like, I mean, like, you, we own the island. What are you going to do? It's coordinated, so a camera is, wherever he is, the camera is off. <laughs> But yeah. there were there were eyewitnesses, though. There right? are eyewitness accounts of this, of this uh, ordeal. But, I mean, here's the thing. Nobody, if, if you think that this is a fabrication, which unfortunately some people believe, uh, do not believe the v- victims of sexual assault, why would anyone lie about fucking motorboating? Like, that is uh, horrendously childish when it comes to an assault, but it's still assault. Uh, I, I, I think that it is uh, terrible that any guy can just think to himself, you know, I'm going to put my face in those boobs real quick. I'm having a great time. I'm a billionaire. Come on. <laughs> Branson just had a little too much to drink tonight. Come on. What a fucking perv. He's, yeah, he's realistically one of the wealthiest where's my hug guys in the world. <laughs> right, right. 
it's in all the like accounts of, of all the articles I've seen online about anything Branson related on the island. At every point in one paragraph, certain or another, someone just goes, "Also, Obama was there a few months ago." Like it's like <laughs> they have to mention Obama kite surfed on the on this island. Yeah, and so there was some even more fucked up stuff that went down on this island. Yeah, um, the sex cult. Nexivism, uh, it's like N-E-X-I-V-M, I believe. Um, they are linked to Necker Island because, if you don't know, there's this uh, Hollywood sex cult that uh, Allison Mack was a part of. Um, she was uh, off of Smallville, I believe. Um, I'm gonna it was her it. secret world. She played Chloe on Smallville. What was that, Andy? It was her secret world. It was her secret world. <laughs> <laughs> it was the secret world of Alice. This was pretty Mac. tough for me because I, I watched all of Smallville and she was one of my favorites. Oh, really? You yeah. watched Smallville? Yep. <laughs> I didn't know that. It was a pretty good show. Yeah. Um, but but it's earlier this year, she was busted off of um, basically running Nixvism, whatever it's called. Yeah. I mean, so this um, sex cult, um, well, what they did was they, they, uh, they operated out of the island two times, I believe. So it Well, like... Formerly, it was a multi-level marketing company. Yes, yes. Right? For like a business skill, like leadership, business skills. Right. Well, that's the that's a pretty great front for something that is a sex cult. I mean, like something that says, we're going to give you leadership empowering tools. We're going to get up at seven and we're going to train you how to be better. That is a perfect way to reprogram a person to um, fondle and to take advantage of. Plus, you get to get fucked and make money. And so they had a leadership retreat on Necker Island. Yes, and one of the things they were trying to do were to, was to get Richard Branson into the sex cult. Right. So what what could have almost happened was Richard Branson could have been in this sex cult and motorboating women from time to time as well. Um, both My guess is he took a demo and then turned down the full product. <laughs> 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 yes, unfortunately... That laugh was uh, about uh, Richard Branson maybe joining a sex cult, but instead sexually assaulting Joss Stone. Um, so regardless of if you think his business practices are pure or evil, he is somebody that has uh, publicly been a creep to women constantly. Yeah. So now looking at one of the things that uh, Richard Branson has basically been able to make his money off of besides uh, abusing women and tax fraud um, is he's essentially created his his current business out of uh, getting government subsidized contracts and then kind of like running them as cheaply as possible to extract as much profit as possible in a natural monopoly um, that generally comes with government subsidized contracts and the most famous of these is virgin uh railways which is a company he started up in the early 90s um as one of the you know subsidiaries of the virgin group right and it started with um as a result of this uh thatcherization of great britain which basically meant taking a lot of stuff that was run by great britain uh run by the British government and then privatizing it right yeah, it's um, part of the austerity regime of britain like the, the entire developed world yeah, where you're was, privatizing formerly public health goods like rail. Yeah, and the word neoliberal has you know kind of 
been used as a pejorative to the point where it's almost lost all meaning. But this was literally the neoliberal revolution where it's uh, pursuing a program of privatization under the theory that a privately owned good will be better managed than the government. So let's see how that plays out in the real world. Uh, so Richard Branson took over uh, several rail lines in Great Britain mm-hmm. and uh, ran them on his own uh, for a couple decades. The Since then, um, the Mirror has reported that Britain's uh, railways, uh, rail lines, right. are the most overcrowded and expensive in all of Europe. Oh, really? Uh, to the point where uh, one Virgin uh, employee told them that basically it's only a matter of time until someone gets killed. Uh, essentially from like the trains being so crowded that if someone has a heart attack, uh, medical people can't get to them uh, or an epileptic fit. Uh, commuters are kind of crushed in and also there are all these different um programs to kind of drive up ticket prices oh really uh to make it so that it's um basically tickets will have like two prices and the cheaper one is much more difficult to find basically from all these privately run like ticket kiosks and stuff what a fucking snake (laughs) yeah so uh Recently, this kind of made it into uh, the British political tabloids when Jeremy Corbyn, while running for re-election as labor leader, Mm -hmm. took a virgin train and he had with him uh, just some media director from his campaign and he couldn't find a seat uh, or a pair of seats so he could sit next to his wife. So he ended up having to sit on the floor and so then the guy like recorded him and he was like, yeah, you know, unfortunately, this is a pretty uncommon thing or pretty common thing in uh, British railways is that you got to sit on the floor. And it's my Corbin impression. I'm working on it. And immediately Virgin just had this like massive PR campaign where they released uh, CCTV uh, images, what, mm-hmm. cameras from inside the train saying like look at these empty seats and they were like you know weird angled right, uh, right pictures right. saying like jeremy corbyn's clearly lying uh which apparently was uh against the law in britain to release <laughs> the like like without special uh <laughs> reason they couldn't release those cctv yeah. images but richard branson at, still retweeted of it. corbyn and also children with their faces right, right yeah right. yeah and um after that like it was uh, there were a bunch of other people like taking pictures inside the train and uh, a number of other people taking like private video and they're all like, no, what Corbin said is true. Like that train was super fucking crowded, but you could just kind of see in cause and you could see in slow motion or in uh, kind of directly the corporate, uh, like they call it train gate uh, that was supposed to sink sure. Jeremy Corbin. Uh, but you could see the like corporate machinations to try to keep, uh, the rail privatized because one of Corbyn's big things is deprivatizing and nationalizing, right. nationalizing the, rail. the railways, renationalizing, renationalizing the railways. Uh, so it, there was clearly like this massive effort to uh, delegitimize him uh, because that's one of their Virgin, the Virgin Group's more profitable enterprises. Uh, is the the Virgin Railway is highly subsidized uh, by the British government and. Uh, they, they they get a good chunk of profit, something like um, 200 million pounds a year in profit out of the railways. 
uh, and that's like in dividends to the investors. So I just love that they're like, no, our trains aren't crowded. We're we're good. See, look at the CCTV footage we shouldn't release. Like it's like yeah. <laughs> doing a bad thing to prove you're not bad. It's like wait, oh, wait, wait, yeah, you're clearly fucked up then. Like no, I didn't punch that baby. I was kicking this dog. <laughs> it was a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, like this is something you see time and time again with the Virgin Group is that. They're very keen on keeping the media relations very pure. And so there's a lot of propaganda that's pro-Virgin in all forms of the media. I mean, like, I think that um, I was talking with somebody who said that they're going to miss the uh, American uh, Virgin line was recently uh, merged with Alaska Airlines. Alaska Airlines, I believe, bought the Virgin Air uh, domestically in the United States. And so one thing they were going to miss, my friends, was um, the Virgin Americans uh, safety video because it's a whole bunch of people singing and dancing and shit. I mean, honestly, it's very bad for a safety video <laughs> and very good for... Yeah, a- I've flown like Virgin America once and that was probably the worst part of my flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Just really confusing. bad. It's a baby yeah. rapping at one point. It's it's a nun dancing. It's They you don't know, tell you how to exit the plane. You, right, right. It's the modern day YMCA. You know, like it's it's all yeah. over the place. But like the YMCA at least had some charm. <laughs> this is just like soulless, like a patchwork of kind of like a, a algorithm of everything that was on YouTube. Right, right. That year or everything that was just kind of penetrating popular culture. And they tried to turn it into a safety video. Just just have the flight attendants do the thing with yes, the seatbelt yes. like give me the worst strip performance ever which is them showing me how to put a belt on and how to put my life belt on yeah everyone enjoys that the seeing the the plastic uh thing and then pointing to the different things and yeah. showing you how to put on the mask that's all you need it's very informative uh but i mean so the main thing is is that that's how well that's what we're going to does. differentiate yourself though <laughs> yeah it's a competitive market you know, like like all airplanes should be. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, if there's anything Virgin does is they say, hey, we're better. Why? Because look at this cool shit we did. And it's like, oh, nobody nobody wants that. It's like, yeah, but we did it. And it's like, all right. Also, we got cool <laughs> girls with big old boobies. It's like to have Pamela Anderson be the uh, one of the spokesmodels. Also, Kate Moss is one of the models that was eventually used as the Virgin America uh, model line. And... Um, they uh, Conan in that interview asked him like, "Oh, you you talked you went to Kate Moss?" And he's like, "Well, she was a little young. We talked to her mom." And it's like, "Okay, Branson, you're just going that's, up." That's creepy. Yes, that is probably the most creepy. responsible thing I've heard of these done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the rebranding that Virgin America does is cheap, if you ask me. It's very plastic, um, and it shows in this train bullshit that's going on right here. I mean, it's like. These trains are overcrowded. The privatization of it is not working. And yet to cover their asses, they're going to push Corbin out of the way. On top of that, they uh, also... And he won in an overwhelming landslide. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. He, he, For leader. Yeah. yeah, he crushed in the Labor Party. And then he's kind of turning the polls around to the point where uh, the conservatives no longer have a majority and had to make a weird uh, political alliance with yeah. the psychotic... Uh, right-wing northern ireland or northern irish uh group that violated the uh good friday accords in northern but anyways and i i also i I think uh nationalizing rail has attained majority support yeah that's great good 
another thing that happened on Virgin Railways is that they changed uniforms recently, and the female uniforms were made of very cheap, very thin fabric that uh, showed would show like the outline of dark bras, and so all the like female employees were like, "What the fuck, guys? I don't want to have to wear this at work." Right. And eventually, Virgin gave them a concession where they're like, "Okay, here's twenty pounds to buy." New and, bras uh, and underwear? Yeah, like to buy a shirt to go under your uniform. Wow. 20 pounds. <laughs> that that was their big concession. What a what a fucking chodes. Yeah. Like you first of all, you design shitty uniforms. Why? Fuck you. Yeah. Secondly, it's like, you know, I don't know how much of their staff is male to female, but not that that matters. But there's a significant population of your staff that's like, we can't work like this. And you're just like, here's 20 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) Horrible. So Richard Branson doesn't only uh, fuck people over on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) He does it in planes. He also likes to do it in space. (laughs) (laughs) Air, land, sea, space. He yeah. he wants he wants to fuck people over at every level. Uh, he hasn't gotten into submarines yet. He's left that to Musk. But <laughs> well, Virgin Oceanic is a thing though. <laughs> oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Uh, well, not submarines, but ships. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, good good on him, fucking people over in the water too. He um, wherever you are, there's a virgin that wants to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that virgin is Richard Branson. Segway what if he's never the- fucked. That's, yeah, that's why it's still called Virgin. Yeah, <laughs> like all he's got, he's got. You know, we we were before this, we were watching videos of his dumbass kids. Like they were just uh, artificial insemination kids. <laughs> like he's so committed to the brand. Uh, but yeah, Virgin Galactic uh, is his attempt to send people into space, and it was basically after the success of Spaceship One, which was the first privately owned spaceship to uh yeah first privately owned vehicle to travel into space uh it was in some like competition run by google or something Hmm. Uh, and they won a million dollars for going into space in uh their space plane which was pretty neat uh so then richard branson immediately bought it and made virgin galactic which was going to be basically his airline into space so that people so that rich people could fly into space and experience zero gravity for four minutes. Four minutes? Four whole minutes. Yeah. What a version. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't even something, orbital. Something you can already do. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, simulated. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With so, the, yeah. the vomit comet. Yeah, right, you, you right, could right, ride yeah. the vomit comet for much cheaper. And this for one, longer than four minutes. Yeah. So what's the difference between the vomit comet and the this fucking Space Atlanta thing? This, goes this one actually suborbital. does go into into space what, so it just breaks a couple of more stratospheres is that what it is yeah yeah it goes up a little higher whereas the shoot. plane just falls really fast yeah sure okay yeah but yeah basically if you fly in a parabolic arc you will get zero g the zero g experience but uh this one yeah goes this a little further the and real higher deal. yeah so you can For say the best minutes of your life you were in space um, That's how Branton sells all his sex escapades <laughs> <laughs> for the best minutes of your life are about to happen. So when he la- when he uh, launched this uh, enterprise, he cited statistics nice. that in previous space flight, about one in fifty astronauts die. Yeah, when right. you count for like Challenger, Columbia, uh, I don't know if Apollo one counts, but like and countless DUIs over pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Richard Feynman did like a study and he found, yeah, it was essentially like one in 50 astronauts dying. So 
uh, Richard Branson made the statement like, you know, we have to, of course, make this as safe as possible. Right. Because a company that kills one in 50 of its uh, customers isn't a good business model. And since then, well, uh, four people have died trying oh to build God. this rocket and one seriously injured. Three of them died while trying to test uh, the new kind of engine that they've created, which is a kind of like hybrid rubber engine. Basically, he's trying to start. I don't think he's ever started a company that actually required research and development. <laughs> <laughs> And so he doesn't seem to have much of an understanding of it because... Well, why don't we just put tits on it and that way we go faster. <laughs> he's, still in a, he's still in a record-selling tax avoidance mindset. Right. Yeah, yeah. Usually he just like buys something that already exists. Well, usually what and- I do is just put boobs and tits everywhere. <laughs> and that's how I make most of my money in my virgin Atlantic co-Atlantic properties. So he... Uh, I guess he assumed he was doing this because, you know... Me and Obama (laughs) kite surf on my island, Naka Island. Spaceship One was a success, so I guess he just kind of assumed that, like, oh, it already works, I'll just buy it, and then I'll, like, charge people to fly into space. And then the engineers were like, yeah, you can't can't do that with this plan. It kind of is a one-shot thing. So he kept... Uh, yeah, they tried to design this special kind of hybrid solid liquid fuel, which is actually pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, that one while oh, testing it. Oh, you mean it, five scientists went, we got all this money. We might as well do something good with uh, it. I mean, <laughs> Spaceship Two, you're talking about? Yeah, Spaceship Two. It's It was like this. It's like somewhat, it's pretty innovative, actually. No, I'm saying that like scientists were like, we can do some good with the equipment we got. We might as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to make something innovative and awesome instead of fucking take idiots into space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, nothing against uh, the scientists at uh, Virgin Galactic. Like, they're doing, or the, and the engineers, they're doing some pretty interesting work. But yeah, Branson, he's he's gotten to the point where he, like, when they first started, he was like, the maiden flight would be by the end of 2009. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a, what a rude. Only like, yeah, only like a two year yeah. time yeah. frame. Wow. Yeah, to build a spaceship. <laughs> And uh, eventually, like, it got to the point, and, you know, it's private, so it has to make money on, like, NASA. Right, right. So, like, the price constraints are much lower or much higher. And it got to the point where recently after, uh, essentially, so one of the engines exploded uh, while they were testing it. Or they were doing an engine test, and there was an explosion, and three people got killed uh, by the shrapnel. And then there uh, was another flight in 2014 where... Uh, it was, I think, one of the, their first uh, maiden flights where they were doing the full engine. It was the first. It was the maiden flight for their new kind of engine. Mm-hmm. And so the plane dropped out. It has like a little carrier plane that takes it up, and then the rocket drops down and shoots into space. And I guess the uh, co-pilot wasn't very well trained because you know training costs money. And right, uh, right, right. you know if you can if you can cut corners, you cut corners. And so he flipped a. Um, a switch that would activate its re-entry feathering mechanism, it was called, which was meant to basically slow the um, the airplane in the atmosphere when it's re-entering. Uh, but when you're accelerating and there's massive airspeed and you're at a much lower uh, altitude, uh, the air pressure was much higher and ripped the plane apart, killing the pilot and severely injuring the co-pilot. Um, not not too much unlike what happened to the Challenger, which was actually ripped apart by air pressure. But um, so that set them behind. Uh, also, the um, the investigation into the accident found that the most 
spacecraft are designed with several redundancies, which means that basically a system within um, the spacecraft, like if one aspect of it fails, there's a backup system to like make sure that it still works. And the right. shuttle, the shuttle was filled with these, which is why all the shuttle's failures were purely mechanical. Like it was from something f like coming off during uh, launch. In both the case of the Challenger and Columbia, mm. you know, uh, Challenger, it was part of the rocket opened up and fire shot out. Yeah, part uh, of the structure of the, the rocket itself failed. Yeah, yeah, the structure failed, and and you know, Columbia was a piece of foam hitting the uh, heat shield. But there was never the shuttle never had any problems with its internal guidance systems or anything. Oh, interesting. Like there was not never any or never any major failures in the internal like piloting system of the shuttle. It had tons of redundancies. It was incredibly complicated. But in developing uh, these uh, spacecraft, you know, Virgin, they're private. They got to cut their costs. Right. So basically, if a co-pilot screws up and activates the um, the slowing down mechanism there's nothing that says you know we're ascending that's bad oh. uh don't uh and then stops it from happening and so so it's a fail it, usually there's fail safes for every single point of contact including human beings right for making right. a mistake yeah because that happens when you're trying to fucking fly yeah when you're trying to fly, fly a, a space spaceship plane. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy but it, yeah it wasn't in place this time yeah and so uh so that set them back because they had to build a whole new spaceship. The first one was called Aww. the VSS Enterprise, um, and it did not engage, uh, except for the slowing. Thing. Okay, but um, <laughs> they got that one down. Yeah, they got that that one engaged. <laughs> They're like geniuses. The problem that. was that they it over engaged. Uh, so they got a new one called the Unity, and Unity, <laughs> and like Richard Branson keeps saying that things are six months off to the point where like they interviewed his mother and she was like. Yeah, Richard says that, you know, the, the maiden flight could be six months off. And then, like, in that interview, like, in that quote, uh, the follow-up is like, he always says six months <laughs> off. Like, his own mother is just calling his own bullshit yeah, to yeah. the media. So, yeah, there's... So, basically, he, he thinks he can be, you know, space explorer extraordinaire, but the reality is is that we're still not close enough to the tech to where... Uh, lives wouldn't be lost to do that right now. Not without taking into account the needs of capital. Right, right. Yeah, and and also, like, even then, like, the company is bleeding, like, bleeding money. Like, yeah. it hasn't, it hasn't, it's got, like, a partnership with NASA to uh, do some, like, launch some small satellites in the That's, future. It, right, so it's making some money, but not enough to make profit and not enough to do what... I think they only ended up turning a profit when they transitioned into satellite launch yeah that makes sense right yeah are they turning a profit yet well i bet version is claiming them as a profit because they could look at it that way because like they won't liquidate something that even if, if on paper it looks like it's making profit they wouldn't liquidate but even if they're not necessarily making profit even if they're breaking even that would still be beneficial to stockholders to be like look we're going to space with shit you know like it's just a reputable idea not necessarily a reputable company like their spaceship to, well, like Virgin Galactic generally, but spaceship two specifically, mm -hmm. whereas like that that idea benefited from the world's general trend away from funding things like NASA and the European Space Agency. Oh really? And just going on this like austerity budget 
where you use um, only Russian rockets to get to the ISS and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, and basically so, the, the privatization of spaceflight. Um, yeah. Neo, you know, more of the neoliberal it's, revolution. So, yeah, as, as it was with the trains, so it is with uh, right. space rocketry. So one last thing to talk about with Branson is his background uh is it's his weird interest in his ethnic background right so his ancestral lineage his great-grandfather three generations up uh spent some time in india and uh, many british uh individuals spent time in india they kind of owned that country for a little bit um and so richard branson went on one of these ancestry shows i believe it was called finding your roots and he found out uh he is 97 percent uh european and three percent what, Andy? Well, it looks like, um, whether the family knew it or not, I'm, I may have some Indian blood in me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Branson is a couple percentage Indian, which um, in my money means that uh, one of his uh, great-grandfathers uh, had sex with an Indian woman. Uh, maybe not uh, consensually, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and by Branson's track record, I think we can see where he gets it from. Um, they, uh, on the show, find that uh, the mother's name's not on the uh, baptism paperwork. And so they deduced, because he's 3% Indian, that she must have been an Indian woman. And they treat it very cheerfully, like, wow, would you look at that? And not the reality, which most likely could have been... Yo, your great-grandfather raped an Indian girl and uh, swept it under the rug, the Afghan rug, if you know what I mean. Um, so, you know, Branson's part Indian, so technically this is a Brown episode. <laughs> um, and, I mean, anytime a Englishman takes advantage of the world, uh, India's definitely going to be in there. What words does he uh, is he now allowed to say because of that? I mean... Technically speaking, he can use all the words <laughs> that uh, the British have been using <laughs> since the beginning of time. Um, and so this is a relatively minor thing. I, I, it, um, it doesn't really matter to me that he's part Indian. Um, however, he's got these two kids, and they both suck. Um, <laughs> Holly and Sam. Uh, they're, they're perfectly okay individuals, but boy, they are born to wealth in the worst ways. And <laughs> Holly uh, did this talk for the We Foundation, which... Um, it was a glorified TED Talk. Essentially, yes. That is precisely what it is. And she spent time talking about this region in India. And it's called it's called the We Foundation, which it's not like you may like hear that and be like, oh, is it is it like O-U-I, like on We, or is it like Nintendo? <laughs> we, like, is it a company name? No, no. it's just the word We. It's W-E. Word we. Yeah. Oh, it's short it's, for on We. <laughs> their logo is three fingers in the air, like a W. It's pretty yeah. sad. It's the most bland name yes. for any kind of foundation. So that's how it was. How creative they were. So Holly speaks to this this uh, group of kids for this foundation, and she talks about her her perils of traveling in India, where she is technically related, <laughs> um, and spending time among poverty. And incidentally, she happens to go to where my I went family, to the homeland, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I she, lived amongst my people. <laughs> yeah. Well, she goes to Rajasthan, which is uh, where my roots are from, and um, maybe I shouldn't be this uh, uh, distasteful, distasteful of her views, but uh, fuck Holly and her face. Um, basically, she equates the big city that um, that I'm that my family lives near as being uh, very downtrodden and very hard and difficult. And for a billionaire's daughter, of course, it seems like the worst, most dire conditions. But the worst 
thing she does possible is in this entire diatribe of her time among poverty. She says such She's, a glaring statement about how she lives in the world. Well, she she's first she tells everyone to close their eyes and imagine right right the right. world in this city what was the name of the city Udaipur Udaipur yeah so she's like imagine you have no no running water you now, have now first uh, keep in mind this is a heiress to a billionaire yeah yeah and also that this is the big city from where i'm from so like i like you know if if this is Albany, if I'm from Albany, this is New so York City. You know, it's what I mean? a yeah. it's a modern third world city. Yes, and this this video was taken from five years ago. So she's like, close your eyes. On top of that, she's also if her dad's not there, she's speaking to this big crowd. She is very likely the richest person yes, yes. in this large crowd for a hundred mile radius. Let's be honest here, hundred yeah. kilometer radius. And she's I don't care. Telling people to close their eyes and picture other people's <laughs> poverty. Yeah. And she's trying to shame people to get right. out of their comfort right. zone and imagine this poverty despite being <laughs> the antithesis so much richer yes. than all of yeah. them. Because yeah. this, this is the shit that, that billionaires pull. And I, I'm excited to talk about this on the on the episode. But like this is they love to start a foundation mm-hmm. and then shame regular people for not caring right. enough about right. poverty. Right. Imagine a world. Where you had no electricity, no running water, <laughs> no access to the truth. And then she says, she says this. Your day just consists of sleeping and working and repeats over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean a regular person's existence? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Oh, like non-millionaires. Yes. Yeah, right, right, like, right, right. Like it... it it completely destroys the billionaire myth. Like what one thing um, that I think we might've mentioned in passing is that like Richard Branson, you know, he likes to do these massive stunts. He likes to uh, ride in hot air balloons and you know, he tried to, what was it? Circumnavigate the world in a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if he succeeded or not, but that fact it, itself completely blows out of the water. Any myth that a billionaire works hard. Right. Right. Because like, Basically, he's still raking in money while sitting in a balloon yeah. over, you know, just floating around the world like the... Yo, he's luxury traveling is, the world. What does he have to do? He has to do it in a dirigible instead yeah. of a hot air balloon? <laughs> I mean, like... Then it like, validates it? It's nothing, nothing. Ballooning is hard work, dude. I mean, I mean, ballooning is hard work. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take anything away from the hard working class ballooners. Uh, but you just recognize hard work where it's where it happens. He's yeah. he's making money completely unrelated to his ballooning, and he doesn't have to work to make that money because it's just he's making money from his ownership. And mind you, it's not Virgin Balloons. It's not his own <laughs> balloon company. He's contracting other people to do this job. The, the most heinous thing about all this is that. This is a person who has raked in a dickload of money from fucking over other people, is sexually abusing people left and right, and has shitty, stupid kids <laughs> that, that, that give terrible speeches. Yeah, this was her follow-up. Because there is hope. Free the Children's wonderful Adopt-A-Village program brings running water to the villages and creates access to education and health care. Okay, it's nice that the wa- running water thing is there, but like creating access to education and healthcare 
if you have enough money, you already have access right, right. to education and health care. Like, it's a modern, I mean, it's third world, but it's a modern city. Mind you, yeah. I'm sitting in this room because my dad had good access to education. I just want to get yeah. that clear. Yeah. So you want to talk about... Bat- Your dad who grew up in this... In this state, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, you know... The famous British education system. <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> I mean, you know, fuck the Bransons. Fuck them being part Indian. I'm sure that the blood test was messed up because he was eating an Indian child at that time. <laughs> you can cut that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, uh, I think Yeah, that he was, he was at his, you know, in the British Virgin Isles in the West Indies. And he's like, well, after eating the natives, I guess I have some Indian blood in me. He was like, what's the island name? Oh, NECA. <laughs> I guess I'll buy that one. <laughs> oh, you mean East Indian, not West Indian. <laughs> All right. I think uh, that is just about everything we've had to say about Richard Branson. Um, I think we can uh, deduce that he is not a good person, let alone morally evil. Um, but with that, this has been Grubstakers. Uh, my name's Yogi Pollywall. I'm Steve Jeffries. And I'm Andy Palmer. We'll see you next week. Jared Ferguson, it's a funny name.